Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. Um, I want to jump in to this series. Last week we created a, a statement, and uh, and this series is. I got some feedback from a few of you that I really appreciate your feedback. But somebody said, you know, I really love the fact that we've coupled margin, the idea of of Sabbath and rest and margin, with made for Mondays, and understanding there is a balance. Because probably, most likely, all of us are on one side or the other, right? Like we have a tendency to be too lazy, or we tendency to be a workaholic. Like we, we have a tendency to go one way, and, and what God really means is for there to be balance in our life, right? That there's work for us to do, but there's also rest in his presence. And balancing that is important. So we created this statement that I want to fill back in uh, last week, and it says this. Redefining why we work will change the way we work, and then we are working with and for God. Redefining why we work We'll change the way we work, and then we're working with and for God. Work is good and sacred. Right? We said last week, work is not a four-letter word. It is a four-letter word, but not one of those four-letter words. Right? It's good. Let me say this. It is what you are made for, whether you realize that or not. Like, we have this tendency in the United States to say we're working for the weekend, Right? We're, we're looking for the fun. We're looking for the, I want to, I just want to go chill out. I want to go sit on the beach. I want to go do whatever. But in Ephesians 2.10, it says you are, you are his workmanship. You are a masterpiece created for, what does it say after that? Good works. Like that's, that's what we were created for. So Mondays are not just mundane, but they're meaningful and purposeful. But we have to make them meaningful and purposeful because I, I, Monday morning blues are the real deal. Right? That's, that's a real thing. Tomorrow morning or tonight, um, you know, you're going to be done with the weekend and you're going to start that. And, and I want you to catch yourself. I want you to catch your mindset and your, and your thought process when you're going, oh, back to work. Like you just, you just set up your week in a certain way in your mind, right? Like you just, you just set up what it's going to be like to walk into the office. So no wonder when somebody walks into the office, it seems like just junk comes out of nowhere all of a sudden because you're expecting it. Because your mind is set in, in, in that direction. And, and I just want to get us to a place where there's something more than a paycheck. There's something more than just paying bills. There's something more. Because we are made for, and let me clarify, we're made for Mondays. But Mondays is kind of a, if I could put a synonym for, weekdays. Like somebody posted this week, I'm pretty good on Monday, but Thursday stinks. Right? And so I want to say this to you. When we say made for Mondays, we're talking about weekdays 
or school days or work days. Some of you work nights. So when I say made for Mondays, you know, you're like, but, but so, so I, I want you to, in the mindset of weekdays, work days, school days, listen to these statistics. Statistics say that only 13% of people love or really are engaged with their work. Only 13% of people love or are really engaged with their work. Now think about that. Think about an office full or a staff full or a crew full of people that only 13% love it or are engaged with it. Like what, what does that look like for us to interact? And, and it, it's just not going to be good. Listen to this one. 63 people, 63% of people are unhappy with their work. 63% of people are, say they're unhappy with their work. 24% of people say they hate their job. Like they absolutely hate it. And the problem is this. Mondays, work days, school days, weekdays, whatever you want to call them, is 30% of your life. Like we, we, we need to process that reality that this is, this is 30% of our life. If it's, if it's such a large percent of, of our life, maybe God has a meaning to it, something more than just getting to 5 o'clock. Right? Maybe, maybe there's something more. And so that's what we're trying to really kind of, but it's interesting as much as people don't like their jobs in the United States or, or they're not engaged in their jobs, check this statistic out. 55% of Americans don't take their vacation time. Isn't that a crazy, like, dichotomy? And, and like, it's just sort of a, a, a weird sort of scenario when you think about it. And my opinion, this is my opinion. My opinion is that we're striving to climb the ladder in an effort to bring purpose to our work. Right? Like we're, we're, we're trying to climb the ladder because we think, but if I could get here and I could just make that salary, then I'll have more money to take people, to kids somewhere and do this. And, and yet, does that ever really happen? No. No, we keep climbing. And so it's this cycle, right, of more and more work and more and more. And in this day and age, the problem is, is that we have technology. Right? So now your boss can get hold of you all the time. Right? Like people can text you at 3 a.m. They can text you, right? It kind of, and, and we have a hard time turning it off. We have a really hard time putting this thing down. We have a really hard time ignoring the red dots. You know the red dots? The red dots drive me crazy. If I got a red dot, I need to figure out what it is or who it is. Right? And yet, the idea of putting it down is the margin, is, is Sabbath. Like that's what we're doing today is, no, I'm not going to work. Yeah, there's housework and there's honeydew lists right now at home. But I've come here because I know I need to hear the word of God. Right? That's that balance of, of Sabbath. John 10 and 10. We launched the church really based upon this verse. And the second half of it says, I've come that you may have life. And life to the full. And I want to say this to you. That also applies to your work life or your school life. Like, I think we separate that because we have this weird thing how we separate the sacred from the secular, right? The secular is the things that don't involve God. And we separate those situations out. And when we have a verse like this that says, I want you to have life and life to the full, our first thought is, yes, beach. <laughs> right? We have life and life to oh, vacation. Right? Life and life to the full. We, no, 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 listen to me. I want you to switch your brain. He says, I want you to have life and life to the full. And I think he's talking about Monday. And Tuesday and Wednesday, like that's, that's what God wants for us. The meaning and purpose of our work comes as we bring God to work and see ourselves working 
for him and waiting for him to guide us in what to do next. I challenged you last week to have bring God to work week, right? Romans 12 and 1 says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life and place it before God as an offering. (laughs) But I can hear some of you. I wrote in my notes, these are quotes. I hear you, pastor, but my situation is a mess. My work, my school, I don't see how it becomes a reality for me. Right? And all of us feel like the exception. All of us can come to church and we can, we can hear that and go, man, that sounds like good preaching. Amen, brother. But when it comes to tomorrow morning, when it comes to Wednesday afternoon, when it comes to Thursday about three o'clock in the afternoon, right? Then, then my, then, then my brain is not exactly in that same place. So I want to give you two challenges today that I think are going to help us with this. I want to give you two simple challenges today that I think are going to really help us, um, to be who God's called us to be, to bring life and life to the full, this John 10, 10 verse, into our workspace, into our school space, into our weekday. Okay, here's my first challenge. Number one, be faithful in your now. Be faithful in your now. It's a crazy story when I look back over what brought Mike Matheny to be standing on this stage in front of you as, as the lead pastor of this church? And it goes back to a Sunday school class at First Baptist. Ron Cook was the singles pastor, and uh, they asked Jen and I if we would teach the college and career age Sunday school class. There was about 8, 10, 20-somethings that we took on as a Sunday school class. And because we didn't have kids yet, we treated them like a youth group, beach days, and they'd come over, and I'd come out on Monday morning, and my car would be Vaseline and saran wrapped, you know, kind of thing, twenty um, somethings. And um, but but uh, I, and we had a blast, and and we grew over a number of probably about ten months. We grew to about fifty twenty somethings. And here's what happened: I didn't know, I didn't know what God was doing. I, di- I didn't see that in my now, in what I was doing right then at that moment. That God was testing and God was trying out some things and he was showing to Pastor Ron, hey, this guy's got ministry in it. And it was Pastor Ron who asked me if I would consider full-time ministry. And so I just want to challenge you with the thought, what are you doing with your now? Because most of the time we're thinking about tomorrow. Well, when this happens and when that comes. And I, I just want you to, I want you to ask yourself, what do I have in my hand today? Because it's not about what you get tomorrow. It's about what God wants to do right now where you are. Even in your mess, some of you are in situations that are crazy and messy and, and you don't see it and you're just gonna, and I'm just telling you, be faithful in your now. Do with great, and, and, and so I want to turn to the story of Joseph. We know it. Uh, most of us have read it a million times, but I want to read again from Genesis 39, starting in verse 2. It says this, The Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar, his mama didn't like him. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. 
This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's house for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and his livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned with Joseph there. He didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Here's what I want to say to you this morning. You're Joseph in your Monday. You're Joseph in your school. You're Joseph in your weekday. And what that means is our job is to take where God has placed us right now and the job that he has given us and the people he's put us around and for us to be faithful in our now, to do it with great excellence. So that those can see there's something special about us. Not because we're trying to get noticed, but because it brings glory to God. Right? That's, that's the whole idea. L- listen, you might think you're there because you need to pay your bills, and I'm telling you you're not. It's a byproduct that you can use this to pay your bills. But the real reason that you are in that place is to be Joseph. Is to do it with excellence. Is do it in such a way where people go, wow, what's, what's the deal? And here's what I need to tell you. There's not a lot of Josephs. Would you agree? Come on. As soon as you start to try to do something excellent or exceptional, the haters are going to start. Right? The people are going to be like, what, what are you, butt kisser? Right? What's, what is your, what, what are you doing? Why are you, are you trying to make us look bad? Right? The, the, the reality of that scenario, the, the mindset of mediocrity is around, and yet listen to me, that's the rescue mission that you're on. That's the rescue mission that we are on, is the reality that we're trying to bring excellence to glorify God wherever you are. You stay home, Mom, that's where God has you to bring excellence. You're homeschooling. That's where God has you to be excellent. You, you're working right now, and, and you're not working in your field. You're working a job that you think, well, until I find a better job or until I find a better... No, 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 no. God has you in that place. He has you in that place. You are where you are completely by the providence of God. Don't waste it. Don't waste tomorrow morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, through, because you're thinking about... Next year. Because you're thinking about when I get past this. Yeah, but you know, my situation, this is junk. You know, you don't understand. I work with all pagans. Guess where Joseph worked? With all pagans. There were no believers. He was, he, he was having no kumbaya sessions. And so I want to say it to you this way. Being faithful in my now gives God opportunity to prepare me for my next. Being faithful in my now gives God the opportunity to prepare me for my next. So I just say this to you. You just do the now. God will do the next. You just do the now. Like, what is it? In each one of you, it's different. We could go around the room and, and say, what is it that God's put in front of you? Like, what does your schedule look like tomorrow? Well, I got this job and I work over here. Or maybe I'm only working part-time doing this right now, or I'm looking for a job. Can I say this to you? The excellence at which you go about looking for a job can be a witness just as much as you can at a job. Come on, somebody. 
Don't just take your situation and excuse it away. Your situation is providential. I believe that to the core of my being. Because I've proven God so many times in my own life and watched him take me from this stage to this stage and wondered what the heck is going on. Man, I remember when Jen and I finished our DTS, which is Discipleship Training School with YWAM, and we sold everything. We went to the mission field. We had we didn't have a garage sale. We had a house sale. Like we opened the door and let people in and said, how much for that painting? And how much, you know, kind of all we had left was our clothes and this little green Honda Civic that we had paid off. And that's all we owned to our name. And so off we go to Africa. You know, we're young and going to conquer the world and the whole nine yards. And so we go to discipleship training school and we get done with school and, and they're kind of pumping us up a little bit because YWAM has 350 bases all over the world, like all these places and possibilities where we could go. And so there's a base in Scotland. And because my gifting is, is administrative, they were like, well, maybe you could administrate. And Jen's an English teacher, so she could te- teach English to the Muslim ladies as a ministry. We were like rock and roll. So we send in our application over to Scotland from where we were in Africa. And then we were trying to send some paperwork into and And Scotland... Not only did they lose our paperwork the first time, but then when I heard back from the next time, they decided, never mind, we're not even going to do this position. And we were like, okay. So we tried to get it, hook up with this other group, and they lost their paperwork too. We're like, what kind of organization is this? Like we're getting, you know, <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm, I, we're a little bit of planners. Like we like things laid out in the Bethany household. And, and so we're kind of getting like, okay, like they're about to kick us out of Africa. Like our time is done. And where are we going to go? And what are we going to do? Kind of a thing. And I can remember that time period. And so we came home and um, we did what every man loves to do. Moved in with our in-laws. Come on, man. You know what I'm talking about? I got great in-laws and that still stinks. You know what I'm saying? So at 30 years old, here my wife and I with our little Honda Civic in the driveway, and we've got nothing. And I'm going, God, what the heck? But I know I wasn't going to sit around because I, I, I had learned this lesson. Be faithful in the now. And so the very first day we were home, I went over to the airport, which is right down the street from their house, and got a job as a security guard. And so I took the two-day class, and then I stood there, and boarding pass, please, you know, that whole, like, deal, and, and did that. And it was funny because I remember Jen's dad told her, and Jen told me, because he wasn't going to tell me this, but, but she said, you know, Dad is so impressed that you came home in one day and got a job. And I was like, you know, that's my, that's my daddy. My daddy's not going to sit around, right, and not do anything. And I just say this to you, listen to me, be faithful in the now. Like, I was, you know how long I was a security guard? A week and two days. And here's why. I think when I look back on that, I think that was God kind of tested me. Like, you're going to sit around and play a pity party. You're going to sit around and mope. Or are you going to get up and do something in the now? Will you be faithful in the now? Well, you know what happened within a week and a half? Ron Cook called, said, hey, would you come over and talk to us about what's going on at South Point? And that began my my career in full-time ministry. And so I just, man, I want to encourage you, whatever your situation is, however frustrating it is right now, I promise you, if you will just be faithful in the now, Luke 16 and 10 says this, if you're faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the large ones. 
But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibility. Let me say it to you this way. Make your bed. And and, and I'm being serious. Like as silly as that is, that's a faithfulness thing. Right? That, that's just saying, I appreciate the fact that I have a bed. Like, it does something psychologically to you. There's an old saying, early bird gets the worm. There's something really real about getting up a little bit earlier and preparing yourself for your day. And preparing yourself mentally. And, and, and so, let me say it this way. You may only be two or three small habits away from radically changing your life. Do you hear that? I mean, you may literally only be like two or three habits away from radically changing your life. I remember the guy that came to me and said, Pastor Mike, finances are killing me. I don't know what to do. I got debtors. I got this. And I said, cool, let's sit down and look at your finances. So we sit down and look at his finances. Now, this is a number of years ago. But he made $24,000 a year. So I said, uh, tell me about your habits. He said, what are you talking about? I said, I just want to hear you have. Let's start in the morning. What do you do in the morning? Right? And he starts walking me through the day. And finally, we get to the point where he says, I leave the house. I stop by the convenience store. I get a pack of cigarettes and two energy drinks. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, hold on a second. Is that every day? He said, yeah, every day. Listen to me. When we figured it out, of his 24000 a year, he was spending 4000 on cigarettes and energy drinks. Now, listen, I only say that not to dog on him, but to dog on us. Because there's probably a $4,000 habit that we don't know because we're not paying attention to that we have within us. Are you following what I'm saying? And so I just, I want to challenge you to think like what little habits or what little things, because you may only be a couple things away from just, I mean, radically, radically changing your life. There's a story in Luke where a servant is faithful in the little things. And, 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 and I didn't put this in your notes, but if you want to write down the, the, the uh, reference, it's Luke nineteen seventeen. It says this, Well done, the king exclaimed. You're a good servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted you. So you will be governor of ten cities as a reward. See, it's, it's working for Jesus like we talked about last week. Joseph was not planning on running Egypt. Do you hear what I'm saying? Jennifer Matheny can attest to this. Mike Matheny never wanted to be a senior pastor. I used to dog senior pastors. Now I am that old fart. Right? It's not stop chasing the corporate ladder. Stop chasing that next reward or that earthly reward because it's just earthly. In about 50 years, it's going to be gone. Right? But the reality to say, God, what is it that you've put in my hand for me to do faithfully today? That I can be faithful with it now because when you do, God will raise you up. I promise you, you would rather get a promotion from God than your boss. I promise. Because God knows way better and he's way smarter than your boss. Can I get an amen on that one, somebody? It's just, listen to me, it's just choosing to worship God through my work ethic. Have you ever thought of your work ethic as an act of worship? 
Like as much fun as it is to sing and praise and we do worship, I I just need you to hear what you do tomorrow when you go to the office, when you go to school, when you go wherever it is that, that has your agenda. The way in which we do that can either be worship to God or worship of self. But you don't understand, Pastor Mike, I work in a toxic environment. My boss is the Antichrist. Joseph was in a foreign, pagan land with a boss that was probably just like that. His teacher, you think, yeah, you don't understand what it's like to be in that English class I go to as a student. You don't understand at my university, they're so liberal and wacko, and it's crazy these days. But I'm going to just challenge you today to go in and give your best, because God has given his best to you. And and, and that that we would switch our mindset around. And instead of, listen, there's nothing wrong with getting excited about the weekend. But the balance is, is to get focused and somewhat excited about Monday. The balance is, is to turn that around and see it purposefully and meaningful. So let me ask, let me give you three questions that you can ask to maybe make your, your Monday, your weekday, your school day, whatever that is, maybe make it just a little bit better. What more can I do? What more can I do? What more can I do? Now, I'm not talking about being a workaholic. But I am talking about no one except you can keep you from being exceptional. It's just you. that. It's just the fear of what other people will say. But it's you. It's your fear. It's your... And so what more can I do? Let me say this as well. Your more might be more margin. What I mean is, is at 5 o'clock, you need to put it down and go home and pay attention to your family. See, men, there are two swords that you have. There's a sword that you go out and you conquer the world all day long, but that is not the sword to bring home. That sword has to be put away because there's a different sword because it's a different battle at home. And the reason that so many wives, children have a struggle with the relationship with the dad is because dad has the same sword all the time. And I trust, trust me, if Marvin talked to his grandson the way he probably talks to villager contractors, right, because they get into a tough business negotiation, and, right? The, rea- the reality of, oh, 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 so what more can you do? What do you need to say no to? Everyone try it. No. One more time. Okay, good. good. So you can say it. You can say it. You just got to be able to say it tomorrow into the right places, right? Number two, what more can I learn? What more can I learn? You never know everything in every situation that you're in, ever. Listen to me, leaders are learners. If we're going to do something more, if we're going to be examples of who God is, if we're going to show Christ to the world through our work ethic, it's going to be because we're learning and we're moving and we're doing something more. What can you learn? What can you read? Listen to me, you need to get into the practice of reading. And some of you go, I'm not a reader. Okay. Guess what? You need to, you need to read. You do. You, you, you need to. You, you're going to have to overcome whatever that is. Listen to it audio, although I don't think that's the best. Do something because we have to be advancing ourselves within our work so that we can be who God's called us to be and grow and move. Number three is 
How can I help move things forward? I want you to ask that tomorrow at work. How can you move things forward? Now, listen to me. I didn't say push and jam and cram people forward. I just said move things forward. How can I be a positive influence in a way to help push and bolster this thing towards what it is? I promise you, if you do excellence at work, first you will get the attention of your heavenly father, which is the attention you want anyway. But eventually, you will also get the attention of the people that you work with. The first attention will probably be hater attention. Let's just be ready for that and call it what it is. But eventually, somebody's going to look at you and go, can we talk? And you're going to be like, "Um, yeah, well, I I just see the way you work. There's something different. I just need to talk to you about some stuff. And that's where you've brought yourself to the place to do ministry in your workplace. So, so, so how, do we, how do we do that? Number two, let me give you number two. Number two, you got to live a God-first life. We have to live a God-first life. So this portion here is maybe a little more geared towards the workaholics, right? That, that we spend so much of our time working and so much of our time chasing the corporate ladder and the next promotion and those kind of things. But it also can be towards those who have a tendency to be lazy because... Laziness is not of God either. I mean, it can go either way, but you have to listen, listen, you have to put God before everything so that God goes before everything. You have to put God before everything so that he goes before everything. Right? Don't, don't you want, let, let me ask you this. Don't you want the power of God to go before you into your workplace tomorrow? I mean, don't you want the Holy Spirit to prepare uh, the scenario tomorrow so that when you step into it, you can fulfill what it is that you're called to do. But if we don't get up in the morning and put God first and put him before everything, then he doesn't go before everything. And so we've got to live a God first life. God is not something to put in the mix of your life. He is the source of life. He's the source of life. Tim Keller is a pastor said this, when a good thing becomes an ultimate thing, it becomes an idol. When a good thing becomes an ultimate thing, it becomes an idol. And so listen to me, if you find yourself chasing leisure, it's an idol. If you find yourself chasing too much work, it's an idol. As opposed to saying, God, what is it that you want me to do? How is it that you want me to spend our time? Work can't be an idol. This, this is where the balance of these two series has come together. Because margin is about me putting God first. And I'm preaching to the choir this morning. You're here. Like you decided to carve out Sunday to say, I know I need to go sit in church, hear God's word, be with God's people, and get that encouragement. And the reason, listen to me, the reason that you're going to give out invite cards is because you're trying to help somebody else come to that knowledge as well. They're out there chasing everything that the world has to offer and they have no idea until we tell them there's a different way to do life. Which is why you have that silly little invite card in your hand. It's it's for us to reach and say there's something different, there's something more, and and, and there's more to it. When God is the top spot in our lives, then he will align the rest. When he takes the top spot, he'll align your day. He'll align your calendar. He'll align your marriage. He'll align all the things with your kids. Proverbs 3, 4 through 6 says, 
Never tire of loyalty and kindness. Hold these virtues tightly. Wrap them deep within your heart. If you want favor with both God and man, and a reputation for good judgment and common sense, then trust the Lord completely. Did you hear that? What did it say? It says, it says, it says it's about God first. Right? It's, it's about putting him, him first. Listen to the next line. And let me go back. If you want favor with both God and man and a reputation for good judgment and common sense, then trust the Lord completely. Don't ever trust yourself. You know what that means? That means it doesn't matter what you feel. Come on, how many of you know that your, your feelings can lie to you? Right? Your feelings can lie to you. So don't, don't trust yourself. In everything you do, put God first, and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. Boy, I love that term. Don't you want God to crown your efforts with success? Like that, I love that. I'm like, Go, bring it on, baby. You know, Right? That sounds phenomenal. We were made for Mondays, work days, school days, organized around God's priority and plan for our lives. He has given us a work to do today. We have to make sure that we're focused on what he's focused on. I cannot reiterate enough what you have in your hand today. Where you live, you think you live there because, well, that was the the best you could afford. Or that was the only one that was available. Or it was default, you know, my daddy owned that house and so now I own the house. Like you think you're where you are on accident. And there's no such thing as accident, there's providence. There's the hand of God orchestrating. So you're where you are on purpose. You work where you work. On purpose. Like there, there's a reason that you are in that place. There's a, there's a reason that God has you. And it may or may not be forever. But we're not doing forever. We're just doing today. Right? We're, we're just being faithful in the now. We're just saying, okay, God, this is what you've given me to do. So I'm going to be faithful in as best I can. How is it, God, that you want me to do this? Psalm 127, 1 and 2. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen keep awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early. Listen to this. It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors. Boy, walk through that with me. It's vain for you to rise up early. And what it's saying is not that you're not supposed to get up early, but it's you're getting up early because you're trying to get to work faster than somebody else. Right, that we're trying to do it earlier. Come on, our entire culture is built around beating the competition to the punch. Who can be the first one there? Who can be the early, right? Right, listen to it. It's, it's vain for you to rise up early, to retire late. Well, honey, I, I, know, I know it's been like the last two nights, but it's, it's going to be like seven, eight o'clock again tonight. Right, this, this concept of, I'm just going to keep pushing back family because I'm trying to get to that next. It's vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labor. Like I'm I'm eating and I'm surviving, but it's kind of based on this whole like painful toil process. Because I don't understand the meaningfulness and purpose to what it is that God has me doing every day. It's vain for you to rise early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labor. For he gives his beloved, listen to this last line, 
For he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. Notice that his is lowercase. What that means is he gives to you even in your sleep. What that says? That says go to bed. For those of you who sit up all night trying to figure out and you're doing this and trying to be the next this and that and trying to figure out and I'm going to do this Excel spreadsheet and I'm going to look up this website because I'm trying to get ahead and trying to get ahead. That's what that just said. It just said, God, he'll give it to you in your sleep. See, God is the redeemer of time. He's the redeemer of all things. And what he's looking for in his people and in us is for us to not be lazy and work for the weekend and sit around playing hours of video games and all these silly things that we fill our times with. He's also not looking for somebody to just work and work and work themselves to death. He says, no, 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 listen to me. Come to me. Come ask me, because I got a great day planned for you. And if you'll follow me, it'll include rest. It'll include fun. It'll, it'll include joy. It'll include some trials, because we're going to work on your character a little bit. Right? It'll, it'll include that. It'll include family time. It'll include work time. It'll include it all. Like, God has that all worked out and laid out. But it's about us, instead of turning to the things of this world and keeping up with the Joneses. And because their kids are in softball, now our kids have to be in softball. (laughs) Right? Because their business does it this way. My business has to try to keep up and do it that way. No, 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 no. Listen to me. Your heavenly Father has a plan. He's got it all worked out. And if you will just do these two challenges... Let's just, let's just worry about the now. Let's just, let's just be faithful in the now, what I have in my hand right here today. And let me put God first. God, for, what, what do you want me to do? How do you want me? Man, tomorrow can be an amazing day, you guys. It can be an amazing day if it's put in the hand of God. Say, so God, what do I do next? How do I do this? Does that make sense? Man, that you would just surrender your today. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. Because there's... there's There's some surrender needed today. Some of us here today probably need to be honest and say, you know, I'm probably a little bit lazier than I should be. My mind is focused towards leisure. So I need to surrender my leisure. And my thought process is, you know what? I'm going to miss out because I'm going to have to do more. I'm not going to get my leisure. No, no, no. Listen to me. God's going to give you contentment and fulfillment in what he's got for you to do. If you'll surrender your leisure to him. Does that make sense? Then you got the other side of the spectrum and you're just chasing after the dollar, man. You're chasing after that next step. You're the corporate ladder, what you're supposed to have, that car, this and that. And and, and, and there's a surrender that needs to be happening to the stuff of this world, to those kind of things. No, God, I want you first because I know your story is going gonna, is gonna to bring so much more fulfillment than that BMW. Your your version of this is going to bring peace to my family and peace to my home. It's always been about surrender. Always will be. That we're a sinful man who wants to do it our own way. But we have a loving father who says, you know what? If you'll come to me and just hand it back to me and surrender to me, I got it all worked out. So can I challenge you wherever you are today? 
to consider surrendering, whether it be surrendering in the area of your work ethic, in this thing inside of you that's chasing corporate, bigger, better, mondo, jumbo size, right? Our whole world. Or maybe there's somebody here, you go, I've never even surrendered my life to Jesus. And today you need to do that. So today I'm going to pray a prayer of surrender. Uh, Would you consider where you are just making that surrender that you need to make today? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and let me pray for you. Father, we come to to you today so grateful for who you are. And um, man, I'm grateful for your patience with me, God. And we recognize um, within ourselves this this pull towards leisure or this pull towards being a workaholic. God, it feels scary to let go of that kind of stuff. It feels really scary to, to let go of what we've held on to as important. Would you give us courage in this moment to surrender to you? For those that don't know you, and this might be the first time that they would surrender their heart to you, would you give them courage? to make that decision today and surrender their lives to you. So we come today, God, asking for courage and tenacity to surrender once again to your will and your purpose for our lives, your will and your purpose for our Mondays and weekdays and school days. Father, thank you. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,